Supporting the emotional wellness of our kids can feel overwhelming. It can be hard to know where to start. Slumberkins provides simple solutions to proactively teach kids about big feelings. Their books illuminate the lessons, and their plush creatures bring the concepts to life. Good Housekeeping said, think of it as social and emotional learning that kids can snuggle. Slumberkins solutions are fun and easy to plug into everyday parenting routines. Go to slumberkins.com and use code BIGFEELINGS for 15% off your first order. That's slumberkins.com, code BIGFEELINGS. Confidently prepare for the next phase in your life with career education at South Texas Vocational Technical Institute. Train under industry-experienced instructors and develop new skills with our hands-on approach. We offer flexible scheduling and programs that can be completed in 18 months or less. Develop new skills without derailing your life. Forge your own future. Visit our campus at 2241 South Watson Road, Suite 181 Arlington, or stvt.edu. That's stvt.edu. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Fred. I have a question. Shh, be respectful of me. You can act like a man. He's colossal. Stupendous. One might even go so far as to say he's mediocre. I guess I should salute you as a worthy adversary and all that, but the truth is, I really did hate your guts. This is a single storm podcast. The founding fathers of this country did not want elected officials to make a career out of being in the Congress, out of being in government. You know, I've always admired the way Texas does things as far as government is concerned, having a legislature that meets every other year, because these individuals, praise God, some of them are actually representatives. Most of them are shrubs, but praise God, some of them are actually representatives They have to live in the world they create for the rest of us. And that is not something we see on the federal level. The first president of the United States and arguably the greatest president of the United States, George Washington, he was offered the throne of the United States. Many of you would say, well, wait a minute, there is no throne of the United States. Right. Because the first president said, we just cast off the tyranny of the monarchy. You want to make me king? Are you out of your minds? So he was the one, before there was even an official limit on terms of president, he set the first two terms as a tradition in the United States for president. Then it became law much later. He walked away from power because he knew and understood that absolute power corrupts absolutely. Tell me the name of a politician today who you know would walk away from power. I... I can't name one. And George Washington sets himself apart because he did. Now, there's a difference between walking away from power and then tucking tail and running. As you all know, Alejandro Mayorkas, who is the most failed Department of Homeland Security secretary in our nation's history, and of course the department itself is relatively young, but I have never seen anyone in charge of keeping safe the homeland who has failed as colossally and with with willful intent to harm as Alejandro Mayorkas. Yet three Republicans decided they would they would vote to save this 
this betrayer, this turncoat against our people. The tw- 10 to 12 million illegal aliens, not to mention the, the drugs, not to mention the guns, not to mention the human trafficking, the sex slavery being done at that border, is unconscionable. And it's all being done by Joe Biden's regime and their foot, sol- foot soldiers like DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas with no conscience. And with, in my opinion, equally no conscience are the three Republicans who voted to save Alejandro Mayorkas's job. Those men are Ken Buck. He is a outgoing congressman who's getting a job at CNN in Colorado. Uh, Tom McClintock, a so-called Republican from California. And Mike Gallagher, a so-called Republican from Wisconsin, who we just learned is also leaving Congress. Wisconsin Republican Representative Mike Gallagher announcing Saturday he will not seek re-election to his post in the House. Quote, eight years ago when I first ran for Congress, I promised to treat my time in office as a high-intensity deployment. Through my bipartisan work on the Armed Services and Intelligence Committees, chairing the Cyberspace uh, Solarium Commission, and chairing the Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party, we've accomplished more on this deployment than I could have ever imagined. Really? You've, you've accomplished more. Yes, our enemies are on the march all over the globe. Communist China is leading a coalition to replace the world's reserve currency uh, with its own instead of the U.S. dollar. And China is on the march. Freedom is on the retreat everywhere. What exactly, in a bipartisan manner, did you accomplish, Mr. Gallagher? Not to mention the capper of your career, the vote that you, that you will be most remembered for, saving the architect of one of the destroyers of this republic, Alejandro Mayorkas. Notice how he cherishes his bipartisan work. Notice how he points out, yes, uh, I'm, I'm, I work with socialists. I compromise with Marxists. I meet Marxists halfway. The idea that this man would tout cooperation with the most anti-American, extremist version of the Democrat Party that this country has ever been burdened with is unconscionable in my mind. So he votes to save Alejandro Mayorkas and says, yep, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. So in the finest tradition of John McCain, kiss off conservatives. Uh, have fun. I've, I've surrendered you all to these Marxists, Leninists, and I'm uh, gone. Now look, maybe Mr. Gallagher got word That after this vote, he was all of a sudden untenable in his district. Maybe he was representing his district. I don't know it well enough to know the circumstances behind his his departure. But I do know this. He knew he was going to be leaving Congress when he cast the vote to save Alejandro Mayorkas, the architect of so much damage to our nation. So, look, uh, I do not like career politicians. That's not what I'm saying. But I, I, I... think it is fair to point out that as the Republicans came in with a slim four-vote majority, the Republicans went to work to whittle that down to where they'd be ineffective at standing up to Democrats. Two of them quit right in the middle of their terms. They abandoned their voters who trusted them, Kevin McCarthy and some other Republican shrub. Then the Republicans went to work. Their, their only accomplishment the Republican Party has, if you can call it that, was throwing out one of their own, George Santos, 
That's the they, they don't they have no track record of standing up to leftists to standing up to all the damage the Democrats are doing. So uh, I think that is the legacy of this Republican Party and why I haven't been a Republican for many, many moons. And there needs to be a reckoning. You don't want to fight. Great. But Mike Gallagher should have cast his vote to get rid of Alejandro Mayorkas and then resigned. At least he would have done something positive for the country. But, you know, in typical John McCain fashion, he decided he'd stab the nation in the back on his way out. So there has to be a reckoning for what many would call rhinos. A reckoning for rhinos. We focus on that coming up next in the Salcedo Storm podcast. And now a word from our sponsor. Is Bidenomics really screwing up your world? Let American Medical Plans relieve one burden, health insurance. American Medical Plan specializes in under 65 health insurance plans that have zero co-pays and no deductibles. You choose your doctors, you choose your hospitals. These plans have nothing to do with your income and are 30 to 60% less than Obamacare. If Obamacare has you paying out the nose, call American Medical Plans. Don't let these Marxists destroy one-sixth of the U.S. economy and your access to health care without a fight. You deserve better. They will customize a plan managed and chosen by you, not the government. A liberty-loving American takes on Washington, Hollywood, and the whole media establishment. He's Chris Salcedo. Join his fight. Tune in to The Chris Salcedo Show every weekday afternoon on Newsmax. Tucker Carlson's getting a wake-up call with his experience with Fox News. I've had a couple. When DirecTV stopped carrying Newsmax, I said to myself, Self, why am I funding AT&T, DirecTV's parent company? So I made the switch to Patriot Mobile. I thought it was silly to send my money to those who were actively hurting me. I was also taught a very valuable lesson about independence, the foundational principles of the United States of America. And Patriot Mobile backs those values too. Faith, freedom, prosperity. When you make the switch at patriotmobile.com slash storm, you're supporting your values. You're supporting a company that gives millions of dollars to the causes that you and I support. And you're also helping your liberty-loving Latino's voice stay free and independent. You'll also get an industry-leading coverage guarantee and discounts for multi-line users, veterans, first responders, active military. Why fund the woke one day longer? Switch to Patriot Mobile. Call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Or just go to patriotmobile.com. Storm. Use my promo code STORM to get free activation. Make the switch to Patriot Mobile. Do you ever wonder what it would be like to trust that where you get your news is accurate and pro-citizen? Well, Texas Scorecard has you covered. We give you real news for real Texans. Go to TexasScorecard.com today. We have awakened to a world today where your government is, is confirming that a man who was legally able to possess classified documents is going to be prosecuted on what we we're still waiting to see. But a man who illegally possessed classified documents will not be prosecuted. The difference between those two men is one is a Democrat and one is a Republican. Now there are those of us who are conservatives who do not want to surrender to this double standard this injustice. There are those on the Republican side who do, who fully back a complete and utter surrender to a double standard, a two-tiered justice system. Look, I, I want to admit something on the, on the outset here. In the past, I have not paid as much attention to judicial races as I should. 
And it's come back to bite me, and it's come back to bite you. All right, I got them all. All right, thank you, Russell. Uh, that was Russell, by the way, folks, letting me know we have all of our candidates here. I'm going to introduce them here in a minute, but I've got to give some folks around the rest of the country a little background. Many of you are going to have your jaws dropped to the floor when you know what has happened here in the great state of Texas. We have two courts. We have a Supreme Court and we have a criminal court of appeals, two high courts. It's a foreign concept to many of you. Now, since 1951, it has been the duty of the attorney general in the state of Texas to prosecute voter fraud, to prosecute crimes as it pertains to voting, directed by the state legislature. After 2020 and the pandemic, the China virus pandemic, there was a ruling that came down in 2021 after all manner of improprieties and irregularities occurred at the ballot box that had many conservatives outraged. The ruling came down from the criminal court of appeals, which said the attorney general cannot prosecute voting crime unilaterally. You have to wait for George Soros funded DAs to do it. It was an outrageous ruling. It was, a, in, in my view, an anti-American ruling, an anti-Texas ruling, and it was very telling. So for the first time, the voters now get to have some recourse against all eight of these justices should have been impeached. But because we have left-wingers in charge calling themselves Republicans in the Texas State House, that didn't happen. But let me just affirm to you, because we're on the record of saying this, all eight members of the Criminal Court of Appeals who handed down this ruling in the affirmative, they deserve to be impeached. Now, the voters can impeach through the vote. Let me introduce the challengers. They have bios that I'm they're a little bit longer than I normally have, but I want you to know their qualifications. David Schneck is a candidate for a presiding judge of the Court of Criminal Appeals. He's a Dallas attorney. Former justice with Texas Fifth Court of Appeals and is a former assistant attorney general for Texas. Justice Schneck is a graduate of Baylor University School of Law in 1992 and is a board certified uh, is board certified in the civil appellate law area. Gina Parker running for place seven on the court. She's a Waco attorney with a practice that focuses on criminal defense law, but has been a local prosecutor for seven years. Was a board member and chair of the Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation. And she is a graduate of Baylor University School of Law and is also a Waco businesswoman. And Lee Finley is running for place eight and is a Marine Corps veteran. Hoorah. And Texas attorney for over 22 years. His law practice based in Richardson has included business and, and commercial cases, thousands of criminal law cases and work with health care law. He's a University of Texas law graduate and a Marine as a Marine. He led a team of, of 40 doctors and healthcare professionals to evacuate healthcare facilities during Hurricane Rita. Welcome to all three of you. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Chris. Thank all you right. for having us. So the, the questions I have for you are going to be very simple, and I need to know just how you would approach cases that have been really of great import, not only to the state of Texas, but all over the United States. As we have seen, and the Chris Salcedo Show has covered extensively, governments, governments in these 50 states violating their own election laws. And I am a, I am a conservative. I don't believe government should be allowed to violate the law. That's just me, you know, plus the illegal immigration we're, we're dealing with right now, government-sponsored. 
And, uh, and of course, what's going on with these classified document cases with Joe Biden and, and President Trump. So I, I want to start just down the line. I'm going to go in order. Mr. Schneck, you are first. The inexplicable decision to prevent the Texas Attorney General from prosecuting voter crimes unilaterally. Please give me your analysis of the ruling and how you would apply the law. Well, thank you, Chris. It's good to be with you. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I've got to be a little bit careful because I want to make sure that I don't get in a position where I can't sit on the case if it comes back to the court. I was serving on that court here in Dallas. It's the biggest appellate court in the state. Right before that 2020 election, and I handed down a dissent in a case called Bickham, B-I-C-K-H-A-M, versus Dallas County Election Department on exactly this question. Whether the voters and the poll watchers can have standing to complain of irregularities in watching the count. And I, I was very clear about this, that these elections belong to the voters. And if the voters don't have confidence in the result, we don't have a republic anymore. And we really have to take action here to bring back confidence, not just in our judiciary, but in our uh, elections. And in addition to serving on that court, Chris, I'll point out to you, I was a chairman of the State Commission on Judicial Conduct. We've sat over every judge in the state and their behavior. And in the middle of all this, we had a judge in Texas indicted by Ken Paxton for election fraud for having a chunk full of ballot. We took his uh, robe away from him immediately after that indictment. After this decision came down, we had to hand him his robe back. That guy is sitting on the bench today. Not because, not because he was acquitted, and not because he wasn't uh, with ballots he couldn't explain, but because the wrong person indicted him, and the local DA didn't want to pursue it. Right, and folks, that's, this is such an important case to to point out. You've got local DAs who, as everybody knows, George Soros has been funding DAs all over the country, and they do not uphold voting integrity. They don't do that. Left wingers don't do that. So that's why in the state of Texas, we have an attorney general who does. And a lot of other states have something called concurrent jurisdiction where your attorneys general are able to keep tabs on these rogue anti-American DAs. So let me tee that up to Gina Parker. Uh, Miss Parker, how would how would you have approached this case? I know you have to be careful because it may be if you win, it may be in front of you once again. But tell me the legal standards in which you would apply to, to these cases? Well, yes, we do have to be careful about how we uh, answer these questions. But what is concerning about this is, in my opinion, it was a straightforward decision. The Attorney General, uh, by the Constitution, was given the authority to do whatever was prescribed by law by the legislature. So this was not only a, a, an attack on the Attorney General's power, but also on the legislature's ability to make laws that would empower the Attorney General. And uh, the law is very clear, and one of the most concerning things is, is they uh, they ignored their own precedent, where they had said in a prior case that the Attorney General had the authority to um, make criminal prosecutions. So it was a very straightforward case, and and as a result, we have a convoluted majority opinion that goes around in circles trying to get to this end result, when in reality it was very simple. The Texas Constitution gave the legislature the power to be able to 
delegate or to, to make laws that would allow our attorney general to do something about election fraud. And so, thankfully, Ken Paxton has taken a strong stand, which is really unusual uh, for a statewide elected official to stand so strongly against this type of activity on the court, and it's drawn attention to our race, and this is what needs to happen in order to stop this, this kind of bad, um, erroneous decisions that coming down from the court. You know, Ms. Parker, I'm so glad you said that, because in my view, as a conservative, I saw what the eight justices in the Criminal Court of Appeals did is not only an attack on the attorney general, an attack on our representatives in in the state legislature. It was a direct attack on we, the people, and our confidence in our elections. And when you have, and Mr. Finley, I'm going to tee this up to you, when you have uh, right now on the federal level, Merrick Garland is going to have to explain how Joe Biden, a man who illegally possessed classified information, is not going to be prosecuted since he's been doing it since 1974. He's not going to be prosecuted. But President Trump, who is legally able to have these documents, he is going to be prosecuted. It, and and to, to Ms. Parker's point, it seems that the Criminal Court of Appeals in Texas turned themselves into pretzels and ignored precedent, ignored the law, ignored the, the, the Texas Constitution to come to a predetermined conclusion that was benefiting, I'm sorry, left-wing extremists who don't have the vote and the integrity of the vote at heart. How do you read it? Well, I appreciate the question there, Chris. Let me ask you, are you asking me to comment directly on Stephen's decision, or you want to com- want me to comment on the Merrick Garland issue with uh, President Biden? Yes, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yes. I, I, as uh, as David said, we have to be careful about commenting directly on state cases that might come before us. But the Biden issue isn't something that would come before us. So let's just lay it out clearly, and you will find, as a U.S. Marine ground pounder, I am direct, I am intense, and I am clear. So either Joe Biden is incompetent or he is not. Incompetent. If you want to use a different word, either President Biden is incapacitated or he is not incapacitated. They can't have it both ways. If they're not going to prosecute admitted violations of federal law, if they're not going to hold him to the same standard that they are holding former President Trump to, and they're going to justify that decision on the explanation that He is an old man with a poor memory and the suggestion, reading between the lines, that he is incapacitated. He is legally incompetent to be held responsible for his criminal action. Then you cannot say he is perfectly fine to be the leader of the most powerful nation on this planet. End of story. Full stop. Amen. And Mr. Finley, before I I would like you to comment on the Criminal Court of Appeals on the aspect of their ruling as being convoluted, pretzel twisting and and a a rather clumsy effort to arrive at a predetermined conclusion. Do you think that analysis is off base? No, not at all. Look, anytime you see a judicial opinion that is 70 or 80 pages or 50 pages long that addresses a a relatively simple issue or an issue that has been well-established 
well understood for many years, which this one is. Anytime you see an opinion that goes on for 40, 50, 60 pages, you should look at that with skepticism. You don't need 50 pages to simply say, these words mean what these words say. You need 50 pages to try to justify why you are taking well-established, well-understood law that has an established history for more than 70 years and just reversing it. Yep. You need 50 pages to try to explain this simple question because every conservative Republican in the state of Texas, every citizen in the state of Texas should be asking themselves this question. Amen. Amen. Why would a supposedly conservative Republican court intentionally undermine election integrity in Texas right before the most important election in our lifetime? I, 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 it's, it's fair to point out, folks, we're talking to David Schneck, Gina Parker and Lee Finley. These are this is what I've dubbed a reckoning for rhinos. Uh, this is this is exactly what's happening in the state of Texas. We're not the only state afflicted with Mitch McConnell's, Mitt Romney's, Lisa Murkowski's, but we have them. We have John Cornyn, and we also have eight of them, in my conservative opinion, on the Criminal Court of Appeals. So it's a reckoning for rhinos, and it's it's now the people's turn to let these people know how we feel about individuals who we trust to defend us from socialist Democrats who are now turning us over to socialist Democrats. And I do want to keep this in the context of, of, of the law and your, and your legal opinions, guys. So let's talk about the impeachment of, of Ken Paxton. Now, I am no lawyer. I don't play one on TV even. But when, when I heard that Dade Phelan and his house managers, impeachment managers, conducted an impeachment based on testimony that was not not gathered under oath. Even I said, that seems a little strange. And so, Mr. Schneck, just if you can break it down as to why, why legally that is just a really bad idea to impeach a, an elected official with, with testimony that was not gathered under oath. Well, there, I think there are a lot of people who have a lot of concerns with the process that played out there, and I think that you're going to see in this next legislative session efforts to uh, change the process that was used, or at least lock something down that, again, this is the same problem that we keep having here. And, I, you know, if you look at the court that I came off of the last eight years, you're living in it right now, probably. Um, what's going on? Why can't we be transparent? Why can't we be comfortable with what's going on in our elected offices. Why can't we trust judges just to be judges and call balls and strikes? Why don't? Why do we need to constantly come back, amend the Constitution, and clarify these rules? The answer is pretty simple. We have the wrong people in these seats. It's that simple. Well, I, I, I would concur. Uh, Ms. Parker, I'm going to tee that up to you. I mean... To me, just as a, just as a, a guy, a talk show, a conservative talk show host, I, I mean, I'm I'm a relatively bright chap when given the chance. I mean, but but when 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 I heard that they had we're we're going to launch an impeachment, but we're not going to put anybody under oath. <laughs> I I said really. I mean, how, in what world? In what universe, Miss Parker? Does that make any legal or logical sense? No, I don't think it does. Uh, I watched a lot of the trial and. I don't care what side of the political aisle you're on, that was 
such, <laughs> it was a sham. It was, I was embarrassed, even for the witnesses, <laughs> it was so ridiculous. There was absolutely no evidence presented that I observed when I was watching the trial. It was, I've never seen anything like it in my legal career. I mean, never. It was so unfair, so unjust, and so, so trumped up the charges were, it was, um, it's an embarrassment to the legal community and to our state and to the Texas legislature, those that participated in this attack on our Attorney General Ken Paxton. Well, you know, and Mr. Finley, the last, I'll tee this up in a different way, because there are a lot of these Republicans who, who voted in the affirmative for this impeachment based on evidence that was offered not under oath. Do you think these same Republicans would impeach a, a Democrat with with evidence that was not gathered under oath, do you think any Democrat would take that type of standard? Oh, sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my office based on testimony that was not given under oath. Let me ask you that, Mr. Finley. No, I don't. But I'll go further. Um, I am very unhappy with the way the Paxton impeachment was handled. But I would be equally unhappy if an impeachment of a Democrat was handled that same way. The seriousness of an impeachment of an elected official, a statewide elected official who is there by the will of the Texas people. The seriousness of the impeachment of such an official, the magnitude of that is such that it must be approached with caution, with reserve, with temperance. And because of how much impeachment proceedings inherently have a political nature rather than a judicial nature. We have to be skeptical. So when you see an impeachment that was this rushed, any one of those representatives, whether ultimately they thought the charges were meritorious or outrageous, but any one of them should have said, should have done what Representative Smithy did. They should have said, we have not had enough time. We have not seen enough evidence. We must not simply be, oh, the role of a grand jury and so we can rubber stamp whatever. No, no. This is an impeachment. They have a duty to their constituents, to the citizens of Texas, to investigate, to look at those witnesses, to listen carefully, to spend the time. This was rushed. This was the, the procedural mechanisms by which the, this was done were borderline outrageous. And here we get back to ask yourself this question. What was it that the Texas Attorney General was doing right then and there? What was it that caused some powers to be to want him to be removed from office immediately, mm -hmm. to stop and interrupt what he was doing? Because remember, under the Texas Constitution, once the Attorney General was impeached, his power was immediately suspended. His pay was immediately suspended. And again, that goes back to the timing of this. He just finished a campaign. He didn't have a lot of money available. His, his salary was turned off, which I don't believe has ever been reimbursed to him, leaving that issue aside as to fairness. But what was it he was doing yeah. that Big Pharma? whoever yeah. needed to stop right now? Yep. And the nature of that impeachment, how rushed it was, how unprofessional it was, how partisan and political every one of those representatives every single one of them 
should have done what Representative Smithy did. They should have said no. Right. We must take this seriously. We need more time. We must examine all of the evidence. Well, I can, I can tell all three of you, my teenager knew it was crooked to vote for an impeachment that, was, that had evidence gathered from folks not under oath. I'm, I'm forced to ask the question why 60 so-called Republicans didn't have that same good sense. David Schneck, Gina Parker, Lee Finley, they are running for the Criminal Court of Appeals. And best of luck to all three of you in your races, and keep us posted, okay? Thank you, Chris. Thank appreciate you. It very much. Thanks for Thank having me. Thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate you having us on. That there's going to do it for this Salcedo Storm podcast. Do not let the primaries go by, folks. It is time that the, the people, the conservative base of the Republican Party, took back this party. It is not meritorious to surrender to socialists. It is not meritorious to surrender to a Democrat party that is decidedly anti-American, that is decidedly anti-Constitution, that is decidedly anti-rule of law. As a matter of fact, we are called on not only not only as American citizens, but also men and women of conscience to oppose these people. And that's something the likes of Dade Phelan and these eight justices on the criminal court of appeals don't seem to grasp so my friends keep in touch with everything going on on the campaign trail the reckoning for rhinos that is happening all over the state of texas at texasscorecard.com also check out the chris salcedo show where we will continue our advocacy to get rid of pro-democrat republicans so they can no longer burden us so they can no longer harm the united states of america our families our country our children in the name of getting along with Marxists. Till we visit again, my friends, remember this. A society's worth isn't measured by how much power is stolen by government. It's measured by how much power is reserved for you and me, we the people. Stay vigilant out there, my friends.